Located on the edges of your radio static, you have stumbled upon the lost signal. Tonight, we bring you a production of Willis Cooper's The Thing on the Forboard, originally airing on Quiet Please in 1948. Tonight's production stars the Lost Signal stable of actors. Me? I'm a roughneck. Well, at least I was a roughneck 20 years or so ago. A little too old, too slow now. Besides, I got a dollar now. I don't have to be a roughneck, you see. Married. Got a nice home. You'll, uh, you'll have to meet my wife, actually. Hey, Mike! Her name's Maxine, but she likes to be called Mike. Mike! I guess she's busy out in the kitchen someplace. Besides, she doesn't hear very well. Shame, too. She's beautiful. Ah, you'll meet her. Sit down. As I was saying, I was a roughneck. Well, no, no, that, uh, that doesn't mean exactly what you think it means. A roughneck is an oil field worker, specifically a guy on a drilling crew. Call them roughnecks like you call a section hand on the railroad a gandy dancer or a garage hand a grease monkey. Same time you work around a drilling crew for a while, you're going to be a roughneck in every sense of the word, boy. Derek Floor or Forbal Board's no place for a guy with a bow tie because when you have to fool around with drilling holes that go further down in the ground than it is from the top of Pike's Peak down to sea level, and... Oh, yeah, sure they do. Time I was a roughneck, we got this one well down to 7,313 feet. That was a record at the time. <laughs> but last May, Pure Oil brought one out in Toronto Valley in Wyoming at 14,309 feet. That, friend, is almost three miles. Quite a hole. Sure, I don't think there's an oil man in the world that don't wonder one time or another what's going on down there besides rock and oil and gas. Oil that's made out of trees that died 20 million years ago. Oil made out of dinosaur bones. Oil that's maybe made out of the flesh and blood of men, maybe, that beat each other to death with a stone axe, ate saber-toothed tiger for lunch. Yeah, you get to wondering. You look at the cores that come up from way down there, and sometimes there's little shelves. Trilobites, mostly. It was alive when Manhattan Island, where New York is, was under half a mile ice. We found something once. Me and Billy Grunewald. Something found us. Yeah, if you got a second here, I'll tell you about it. Clear down to around 5,400 feet, we'd set case and that began to get water, so we had to stop drilling and cement off. Well, you see, when the water begins to seep in the hole, you pull out your drill pipe, and you let down a cementing shoe inside the casing, and you plug up the bottom of the hole, casing and all, with quick-hardening waterproof cement. Then, when it's hard, you drill through the cement and go on down, and the cement outside the casing at the bottom keeps the water out. Well, we had the drill pipe all pulled and racked, and the cement was setting, see? So we were shut down, waiting for it to harden, and we'd been coring just before. Well, you see, a core drill is hollow, and as the bit digs down, it stuffs the drillings up inside, so when you pull it out, you've got a sample of the kind of stuff you're going through. And a geologist can tell you a lot from that. So there's nobody around the rig except me that night, and the rest of the crew's gone into town. I was toasting some pork chops over the porch for myself when I heard a car pulling up. 
Oh, look, it's Billy Gruenwald, geologist. Hey, Billy, how you doing? I'm having pork chop. All right, Porky. Where is everybody? Oh, they all went to town. I'm the whole crew. I had three blowouts between here and Oxnard. Yeah, I wondered where you was. Tit said you'd be in here about three. Yeah, I would have been except for my tough luck. Oh, I'm dead. Hungry? Starved. Here, I got uh, six, no, seven pork chops and bread and some coffee, kind of. Ah, that's swell. Hey, I got a bottle in the car. <laughs> We're going to have us a banquet. Hey, uh, where's that core? That's what I came up here to look at. Ah, it's back there on the bench. We can look at it after supper. Hey. What? Did you say we was all alone out here? Uh-huh. Thought I heard somebody talking. Uh, I don't see anybody. Keep an eye on that pork chop. You won't have any supper. Yeah, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Yeah, let me put some coffee on. Like so. Hey, when you finished cementing? Ah, uh, this morning. Last tower only made about ten feet of holes, so Ted shut down before we'd get flooded out of house and home. Funny about that water. Mm, how? Uh, yeah, not to be any at that level, according to my figuring. Well, I mean, there is. Is it salt? Sure. Right out of the bottom of the ocean. Hmm. Yeah, that's funny. Well, maybe I'll be able to tell you something from the core. Yeah, I hope so. Last core I looked at, I'd have sworn we were getting into shale. Hmm, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Hey, your pork chop's done. Take some bread. Yeah, thanks. Oh, man. Good, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, put on another. I had two all ready before you come. Hey, much obliged. Yeah, you never can tell what's down there. Getting all mapped and plotted out, all the strata, and all you know is what comes out of the hole. Yeah, you know, I'd like to go down there sometime if I was little enough. <laughs> never get you down a hole. Eh, yeah, Billy, but you fit. You're skinny. <laughs> I'll stay up here and look at the cores, bud. Where is that one? Uh, it's behind you over there. Hmm? Oh, well, I'm gonna have a look at it. Why don't you wait till you finish your supper? I'm just gonna look at it. Uh, put on another pork chop for me. Yeah, sure thing, Billy. Wow. I wish those screech owls would keep... What's the matter? Hey, wait a minute, Porky. What? Listen. What's eating you? You know, I'd have sworn there was somebody up there on that forbal board. Ah, you're crazy, Billy. Nobody up there. Standing off against those uh, stands of drill pipe over there, you see? Ah, they're just rack crooked. One of them slipped. Come on back and eat your chop. Yeah, I guess so, only... Ah, oh, what are you so jittery about, Billy? Come on, eat your sandwich here. Yeah, well... <sighs> Thanks, Porky, I don't know. I'm just naturally that way, I guess. I'm always scared of the dark. Oh, I hate to be a baby, but I can't help it. Scared of the dark, huh? Honest? I know. Stupid, ain't it? Oh, I don't know. Everybody's scared of something. I mean, me. <laughs> Spiders scare the tar out of me. Black Widows. <laughs> I know how you feel, Billy. 
there another light over there? Yeah, here. Ah, oh, that's better. Hey, listen, um, Porky, go out to the car and uh, look in the left-hand door pocket. Bring back that bottle, will you? That's what I need. Yeah, okay, kid, okay. So I picked up a flashlight, turned around, went outside, found the car, got the bottle. The floor of the derrick was all lit up, and when I saw a beam of light suddenly flash up toward the forbal board, I laughed. <laughs> Billy Grunewald and his ideas. Sure, I looked up. Wasn't a darn thing up there, except the drill pipes racked against the fingerboard. Oh, this, uh, this portal board. Ah, you've seen oil derricks or pictures of them, right? You know that little platform that runs around the outside of the derrick about halfway up? Well, that's the portal board. See, a drill pipe comes in lengths, and you handle them with several lengths screwed together, so as to save time getting them in and out of the hole. Two lengths is a double, three is a treble, four is a fourable. When you pull the pipe, you heist it up inside the derrick with a traveling block, which moves up and down from the crown block at the top of the derrick. Then, when a forbal board of pipe is pulled out, it's held to the rotary table. You break the joint with tongs, like a great big Stilson wrench, you see. Snub a cable that's fastened to the handle over the cat head on the draw works, and that breaks the joint. Then you hold the tongs on the pipe, give the rotary table a few turns to unscrew it, you heist away it with the traveling block, and swing it over against the fingerboard, leaned against the derrick. Guy up on the forbal board takes off the traveling block. Do it all over again till you got all the pipe out, you see? Uh, there wasn't anybody up on the forbal board. Except Screech Owl, and it flew away. So Billy turned his light off, and I come on inside, and just as I come up the steps, he lets out a yell. Ah! What's the matter? Billy, what's the matter? Hey, hey, come here, look here. Well, what is it? Porky, look. What? Where'd you find that? Now listen, Porky. I give you my word. That was embedded in the core. Oh, it couldn't have been. I tell you it was. Look where I dug it out. You know what? That rock here comes from a mile underground. And it's been a mile underground for a million years. Oh man, look at this. I did look. What he was holding was a gold ring. It was all carved and filigreed just like jewelry. There wasn't any kidding about it. It was real. You're listening to the Lost Signals production of Willis Cooper's The Thing on the Forbal Board. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcasting platforms of your choice. Thank you. We now return you to our production. Now, now, now. Hold your horses. Wait a minute. Hang on. I ain't done. Poked at the core of the rock that looked like a... Kind of like petrified salami or something. Then it was my turn to pretty near jump out of my pants. It was right alongside the place where Billy dug out that ring. There was a mud-covered but very unmistakable finger. I picked it up and it was cold and heavy. It was solid rock. At least it felt like solid rock. And I looked at Billy and Billy looked at me and he started to rub the mud off his finger. And as he rubbed it, it began to disappear. Like he could still feel it, he said. But when the mud was gone, neither of us could see it. And he dropped it on the derrick floor and it went clunk.
We couldn't find it any place. So you know what we done? Well, we took that bottle and we finished it, Billy and me. We finished it in one slug apiece, and it was a full pint of bathtub gin that tasted like just so much well water to me. And then we sat down on the derrick floor, and we looked at each other. Didn't say a word. My eyes got heavier and heavier, and last thing I remember was I heard some kind of noise that seemed to be coming out from foreboard 80 feet above us. Shut my eyes a minute. I guess I went to sleep. I had awful dreams. Black widow spiders crawling all over me with gold rings on their legs. Things I could hear but couldn't see. Up on the fogel board. Billy Gruenwald climbing up the ladder outside the derrick in the moonlight. Faces looking at me. Couldn't figure out who they were. And I was waked up by a horrible scream. <laughs> crash alongside me that shook the whole derrick. I opened my eyes to see Billy Gronwald lying on the floor two feet away with a broken neck. With a broken neck in his left hand, well, he'd put that gold ring on the little finger of his left hand. The way his arms were spread out, I could see his left little finger and the ring were gone. Well, friend, I got out of there. I run down to where Billy had left his car, and I got in and stepped on the starter. I couldn't get it to go. After I'd pretty near run down the battery, I finally remembered that Billy had taken a key. I wasn't about to go up there and go through a dead man's clothes to get it, so I sat there in the car and shivered all by myself till daylight. Then Ted and the crew came, and afterwards a state cop, and Everybody in the world was asking me questions. You and Billy have a fight, Porky? I told you we didn't, Ted. But you had been drinking. Well, we only had a little pint, though, Ted. Ah, uh, what was he doing up there on the floorboard? board? Did you threaten him? Did he run up there to get away from you? Hey, listen, cop, don't be a chump. Billy and I were good friends. Why'd you push him off the floorboard? board? Didn't I tell you? It wasn't up there. Well, what'd he go up there for? I don't know. I was asleep. How do you know he was up there? I didn't say he was. You said so. Besides, how'd he break his neck if he didn't fall from all the way up there? Ah, look, officer. I think it was just another accident. I mean, we haven't got anything on Porky. Personally, I don't believe he did it. Yeah, well, it's mighty mysterious. Ah, so it is, but we got work to do. How about it? That cement's hard down there, and I want to start drilling again, and I'm short-handed. You let Porky stay here till I run in my pipe again? After that, you can take him, ask him all the questions till you're blue in the face. Alright. Alright, good, let's get rolling. You got steel up, Happy? Yeah, I'm all set. Alright, Porky, you go up on that forward board. What? Not me, Ted. Ah, don't be such a boob. There's nobody up there to shove you overboard. You put a safety line around you if you want. Besides, you're getting paid to do what you're told. I've lost too much time already, now get going. So, okay, I go up on the forward You can bet I took a good gander around before I did anything else. Couldn't see a thing. So I signaled to the driller to let down the traveling block, and he did. 
came sailing down from up above, and I was just reaching for it to pick up the first four bullet drill pipe, and it gave a big jerk and the cable broke. <laughs> Dropped and nearly pulled me off the forble board. Ended right on top of Ted. You have any idea what a guy looks like after two tons of metal land on him from 80 feet up? Keep your ideas to yourself. Well, that was enough. Two accidents in a row, the whole crew quit. They wasn't going to wait for a third. And it was Ted's money was paying him off, and I wasn't there anymore. As far as I know, the abandoned Derrick's still there. That was 20 years ago. Well, I forgot to tell you something. That traveling block was right in front of my face when it broke loose, and it was hanging by steel cable, three-quarter inch steel cable. And I saw that cable break right before my eyes. Just like a piece of string when you snap between your fingers. I can almost see the fingers. You know what? There was something up on that forval board with me. So a couple of days later, I came back. I don't know if there's anything in the world as desolate and as dismal and dead-looking as, as an abandoned oil well rig. There it stands like a skeleton off on a deserted side road in the bare yellow hills surrounding it. It's the deadest thing you ever saw. Sat in my car for a long time looking at it. Everything was just the way we'd left it. Looked in at the floor. The smashed traveling block was there alongside the rotary table. The little mutter of steam up from the boiler, that was all. And I heard a tinkle of something as it hit the ground alongside me. Looked around and wasn't a soul in sight, but at my feet was that gold ring that Billy Grunwald and I had found in the core of the rock that came from a mile underground and a million years ago. And I heard a little sound. <laughs> sound of a kid crying. There wasn't any kid up there. But I heard it again, and it came from above my head, and I took out my revolver and loaded it carefully. Started up the ladder to the forbo board. Uh, there wasn't anything up there, nothing I could see. But that voice was crying. Voice of a little kid. There was movement behind the rack of drill pipes, and I saw the pipe move, and I yelled, Hey, come out of there, whoever you are! Come out or I'll start shooting. Then the stands of pipe shivered. What can it be that can handle a heavy pipe like, like jack straws? Then there was a crash. The whole stand of pipes fell over and I just got out of the way in time. And I was alone on the forbo board with, with a thing I couldn't see. I felt the platform tremble under my feet again as something moved toward me. I fired two or three shots. Nothing happened. I started backwards. I knew it was bothering me because I could hear it meowing like a cat. My feet tripped over something and I saw it was a big can of red lead that somebody had left up there. Without thinking, I picked it up and threw it at the sound, and it splashed. And there it was. And I wish.
wish. The face of a little girl, frightened, crying with hunger and terror. Hands like a human being and a finger, missing from the left hand. And a body. Uh, I'll tell you about that. I told you how I'm scared of spiders. But I knew where it came from. It come up from the bowels of the earth, come riding up the drill pipe as we yanked it out of the well. To an alien world. And it was lost. It stood there dripping with red paint. Blood red from head to foot like some horrible dream. It put its hand on my arm. Its hand was stone. Living, moving stone. It looked into my eyes and meowed like a lost kitten. Twenty years ago, I discovered many things about it. What it used for food. That it was deaf. That it was invisible and couldn't see people when it was invisible. That if you sprayed it with mud or paint or grease paint, you know, makeup, and it could see people. Believe me, I didn't want to see its body. I could see that in my nightmares. But its face. I can't help wanting to see that pathetic little girl face. I'm afraid maybe I've... It's very beautiful. When it's well made up, it's... Making it up. Rubbing grease paint on a stone face that looks at you and smiles and makes sounds like a lost kitten, and yet I can disguise the body in long dresses. She can't hear very well, and when she's hungry, I have to stay out of her way. Found out what she likes to eat, remember? Whoa, hey, sit still. Got a gun on you under the table. Sit still, or I have to shoot you. Besides, want you to meet my wife. She wants to meet you. Hey, Mike? Mike! There she is. Come on in, dear. Returning now to the edges of your radio static, this has been The Lost Signal. Follow us on Twitter at The Lost Signal 1 and Instagram at The Lost Signal Podcast. Also, follow and rate us on iTunes. Thank you and good night.